live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. It's time for The Three, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Yeah, college basketball is on the board down here at William Hill as we've got a, a game starting up in 55 minutes. Uh, these are actually back-to-back games. Michigan Michigan State will meet uh, twice in the next four days. Uh, right now, Michigan at William Hill is a minus 12 favorite. That's right, in that rivalry spot, Michigan State is getting 12. So Mike Mayock spoke yesterday on a bunch of different topics, and Adam Hill will be along a little later on to give us his impression of what Mayock said on uh, lots of positions on the roster. It seemed like the last three days we had Brent Musburger throwing his support behind Derek Carr, Alec Ingold, and then Mayock, and the, the big quote was, you know, we'll pound the table. We'll stand shoulder to shoulder with Derek Carr. But I want you to listen to the bite here and he starts out supporting him and then he, he goes right back to what they've been saying the last couple of years and this is one of the reasons we're, we're always thinking like are they totally committed to Derek Carr I think Derek Carr had his best year yet under John Gruden I think he's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL and we couldn't be happier with him and I tell you every year I mean we evaluate every position every year I have no idea who, can, who, who might call me or who might not call me so you have to do the evaluations both on your own players and every other player in the league. And you got to stack your boards and understand what league value is all around the league. And we do that. But if you're asking me about Derek, I mean, I think John and I would both stand shoulder to shoulder and pound the table for Derek Carr. Okay. Stand shoulder to shoulder, pound the table for Derek Carr. But before that... You mentioned that we evaluate every position. Like I've told you before, we evaluate every position, and I don't know what calls I'm going to get and I'm not going to get. Why can't both of these guys just say, we are committed to Derek Carr for the rest of his contract. We're not looking elsewhere. The evaluation on him is an A grade, and we love the guy. We're sticking with him. That's never... And then we've got got other media members going... How come there's chatter about Derek Carr? It's clear that he's the starting quarterback for the it's, it. They won't say it's clear. Am I reading too much into it? They won't. They won't say it's it's clear that he's the guy. I don't know what calls I'm going to uh, get and not going to get. Well, then right away we're like, all right. Well, I guess uh, if Seattle calls up with an offer with Russell Wilson, then which by by the way, I'm not mad about. Not mad about. That is what you should do. Every position is up for grabs and should be evaluated year to year. And you may get a a call that's crazy, and all of a sudden, you know what? We are going to change our mind. But don't this stuff about, you know, the lack of commitment and why don't people believe in them. We're we're basing it on the words of the guys who run the freaking franchise. Gruden and, and Mayock won't say it definitively. My gosh, we'll get back to this because I got to hear that quote again. We have, I got to hear it again. We're gonna we're gonna get back to it. I promise. Um, but we got a we we got a great opportunity coming up. Uh, every week we talk to our buddy Curtis Terry, voice of the Rebels, along with John Sandler. He played at UNLV. Last night's loss against San Diego State very frustrating. It's been you know a fourteen or fifteen year run of one program being up here and the other one being in the middle of the conference. Steve Jones also played at UNLV. He's a great mind on the NBA. We're going to get both of those guys on the phone and have uh, I'm looking forward to this, man. I got a lot of questions for these guys. Nova Home Loans brings you the three. It's a refi raid at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. This traffic report is brought to you by Copper Kegs, a Bud Light Puck Party hangout. Axon, the 215 Beltway that's showing eastbound at Stephanie and on surface streets, Fremont Street at Sahara, Dean Martin Drive that's south of Flamingo Road. This traffic report was brought to you by BudLightPuckParties.com and Stadium Saloon. Don't puck around! Win big this hockey season at Bud Light Puck Parties. Simply visit any Bud Light Puck Party Tavern and you could win Vegas Golden Knights beanies, hockey sticks, pullovers, and more. Go to BudLightPuckParties.com to find the tavern nearest you. 
PTs is the best viewing for the Vegas Golden Knights outside of the arena. Cheer the Knights to victory with a cold pint or classic cocktail. Enjoy our famous wings, burgers, or pizza surrounded by high-def screens showcasing the action on the ice. With 60-plus locations around the valley, you're sure to find a PT's near you. Visit PTsTaverns.com to find your local tavern. That's PTsTaverns.com, official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. Want professional tax prep at a great value? Jackson Hewitt has an offer you won't want to miss. For a limited time, we'll prepare your federal taxes for as little as $48 and no more than $179. That's right. Get federal taxes done for you by skilled Jackson Hewitt tax pros in Walmart for as little as $48 and no more than $179. This offer won't last. Offer expires March 15th. Stop by Jackson Hewitt in Walmart and get your coupon code and details. That's Jackson Hewitt, conveniently located in Walmart. Silver 7's Hotel and Casino and William Hill Race and Sportsbook are teaming up for another great year of exciting sports action. Sign up for a William Hill Nevada mobile sports account and you'll receive a $50 bonus on top of your $50 deposit by using promo code GET50. Plus, Silver 7's Hotel and Casino has newly remodeled rooms, redesigned suites, new private cabanas, and an updated spacious gaming floor with over 400 slot machines and $3 electronic table games. Don't miss all the action at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino on the corner of Flamingo and Paradise. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you drowning under a mountain of debt? You need flat fee attorneys. Not a big fee from the other firms, but a flat fee starting at just $500. The last thing you need when considering bankruptcy is a huge bill from the lawyer. So contact Flat Fee today to get a totally free consultation from their affordable, reliable, and experienced attorneys. With Flat Fee Attorneys, you won't pay a big fee for bankruptcy. You'll pay a flat fee starting at just $500. Google Flat Fee. Flat Fee Attorneys in Las Vegas. Love a great steak, but don't want to pay $50, $60, $70 for one? Make it yourself. Great steaks directly from MeetUpVegas.com. They have the best meat exclusively sold to the finest steakhouses, never sold to the public until now. Use the code COFIELD for a discount. MeetUpVegas.com. It's M-E-A-T UpVegas.com. If you need to buy a home, call Dustin DeHart. If you want the best rates with service, that's great. Dustin DeHart with Nova Home Loans. So if you need a loan, pick up the phone and call. 5772600 Hey, it's Steve Cofield here to tell you interest rates are at record lows and Vegas property values are through the roof. Me and a ton of you ESPN Las Vegas listeners were able to take advantage last year because of Dustin DeHart and Nova Home Loans. Thanks, Steve. It was an honor helping you and the ESPN Las Vegas listeners improve their interest rates and lower their payments. So many folks got to pay off mounting debts or even purchase their dream home. And I can't wait to help even more people this year. So call me at 702-577-2600 today before rates go up. So if you need a loan, pick up the phone and call 577 Testing the heart with Nova Home Loans. NMLS 25011, branch NMLS 777-362. The kittens are coming, and the Animal Foundation needs your help. While kitten season can sound like the best time of the year, it can also be overwhelming for local animal shelters. Become a kitten foster for the Animal Foundation, and you can help save the most vulnerable lives in their care. Go to AnimalFoundation.com for more information and to fill out a foster application today. That's AnimalFoundation.com. Here we go. The other day I went to jail. I needed help making bail. Called Goodfellas Bell Bonds on the phone. They got me right back here chilling at home. Goodfellas Bell Bonds at 384 Jail. And they were so nice to me. T-shirt and the ride home are free. Goodfellas Bell Bonds at 384 Jail. Goodfellas Bell Bonds at 384 Jail. Tinfoil Hat 86 wrote on Twitter, I just visited 19 dealers, saw 23 brands, and caught a crazy good deal. The Valley Auto Mall in Henderson made me hashtag believe. Click or visit the Valley Auto Mall today. 
When it comes to dependability in car batteries, no one beats Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has been providing outrageously dependable starting power for over 65 years. With over 200,000 dealers nationwide, there's one near you. Just click on interstatebatteries.com. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield & Company. TSP in Las Vegas on a Thursday. It's one of our favorite spots of the week. Curtis Terry is in, and he's got another special guest with us, a name from the past, Rebel Basketball and uh, Premium Mind on the NBA. It's Steve Jones is with us. What's up, man? What's going on? How we doing? Happy to be here, y'all. We're good. I think Curtis is a bit moody today. Uh, he does not want to talk about San Diego State and UNLV from yesterday. Um, it can be upsetting. This is a series that has gone the wrong way over the last like, 15, 17 years. That's putting it nicely, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I was obviously I'm, – I'm, I'm always excited when UNLV is playing San Diego State, when the Aztecs come to town, or when the Rebels get to travel down to Viejas. That's always a good place for me to go. I've got great memories from my times uh, sticking a knife in the Aztecs twice. But as of late, San Diego State's had the, had the Rebels number. And, again, it happened last night where UNLV's – I mean, they're tied at 28 with about two minutes left in the, in the half, and then they go on a 7-0 run. And you could feel like the momentum shifting. Then they come out of halftime with another 7-0 run. Now you're down 14. I mean, you still have 28, but they've now got 42. And I think it's just a matter of, of San Diego State being San Diego State. And I know Steve, Steve Jones, that is, will refer to you as Chop because I think the, the Rebel fans know you as Chop. But this, the defense is the same for San Diego State. I mean, from your time when you played San Diego State, do you, what do you remember in terms of what they did defensively to teams and how they pressured them? Well, one, I'm glad that you have good memories facing San Diego State. I have none. Cost me a Mountain West title ring, but that's a different story. Uh, I would say to be able to carry that defensive pressure from when I played to now, it's difficult. They're able to get into you, get into the ball, pressure it, be active. And you talked about those runs that they went on last night. Being down 10 to 12 against San Diego State can feel like you're down 18 to 20. So it's it's one of those things where you have to really adjust and deal with the physicality, take care of the ball, try and create quality looks against a team that's not letting you do any of that. And that's one of the toughest things about San Diego State, both both back then and now. You know, in a lot of ways, guys, the the, the game seemed to play out, at least recently, in identical fashion in that San Diego State plays great defense. You know, they're super aggressive. They're like you guys you guys said, there's nothing easy that comes with it. I felt like watching up close last night, like UNLV was constantly sped up. Like every pass they made, they were, you know, it was like you have to make the pass soon. There's a lot of bad passes that happen because they're on top of you. But the other thing on the UNLV side, we're talking multiple coaches, uh, even going back to some of the, the lawn games where it seems like San Diego State's got this great defense and UNLV eventually resorts to a lot of one-on-one basketball. And I just wonder from coach to coach to coach, how does that keep happening? Obviously, it's something San Diego State is doing. Curtis, you can start with this. Didn't it feel like that last night? Like, David Jenkins had a great game. He was it. And when Bryce tried to go one-on-one, it was a lot of getting enveloped in the lane and, you know, getting stripped and having to take fadeaways. Yeah, the Rebels played right into the hands of the Aztecs. It looked good from the start, though, initially. I mean, David Jenkins was able to come out and knock down some shots. But then from there, as the more they pick up pressure, they extend full court, they deny wing passes, they deny reversals, they deny elbow catches, then your offense is blown up and you can't get it started. And then that's when the Rebels and Bryce Hamilton reverted to hero ball. I've got it, 101 ISO. And it just wasn't the name of the game last night, especially with Bryce going, I believe, three for 14 on the game. Aside from David Jenkins, there was no offense being able to be manufactured, but that's just typical San Diego State defense. And I would think that the Rebels had an advantage having just faced Justin Hudson and his Fresno State team because he was the architect of those great San Diego State defenses from years past. Steve, how do you get out of that when, when guys start playing hero ball? Because it's a, it's a mental challenge for players. If you've got a couple of elite players and they're looking around, they're like, hey, other guys aren't getting it done. I want to get it done. What do you do to get back to basics within a game where you feel like you're starting to fall behind? That's when you have to continue to create that ball movement. You have to trust that your offense can generate, you know, even if they're denying, you have to get to your back doors. You got to get to your counters. You got to stick with what you got. Uh, If you revert to just ISOing, you're playing into their hands. You're not putting the same amount of pressure on them. And now if you can't generate any sort of mismatch, you can't drive, you're not scoring. They're going to be able to contest those shots. So if you 
play into that, you're putting yourself in a tough spot long term. So, and, and that's the thing that so and TJ talked about that last night in post game in terms of San Diego State had them back on their heels. They weren't confident. They kept catching and holding and looking as opposed to passing it, moving and cutting. And we've seen on the course of the season that's when UNLV's best. But if you allow San Diego State to come down, sit in their defensive stance and climb into you and get you leaning back. It's going to be a long night, and it's ultimately what it was for the Rebels in that second half. Curtis Terry, Steve Jones with us. Steve, your one time playing down there, I mean, that squad was loaded. That was Kawhi Leonard's freshman year. They had this really big front line and a good backcourt. Yeah, they were just big and long and yep. had a bunch of size. And, like, <laughs> just like, I remember we were right there the entire game, but we were always down by, like, four or six. But it felt like we were down by, like, eight or ten or twenty. Yep. Because, like, every possession counted, like, double against them. And, like, I remember I couldn't even, like, I don't think I played that much against them just because of their size. And it almost felt like they employed, like, a, like in hockey terminology, like a dump and chase. Like, it would just be shot clock down, just get it up somewhere near the rim, and then good luck trying to keep them off the boards. Well, that's the funny part. Kawhi is such a great playmaker and shooter now, but back then he was shooting to get his own rebound. <laughs> and like most of their offense was it was stagnant and you could defend them. But then you had to like get the board and get the stop. And that was the problem. Um, so there wasn't just a bunch of transition opportunities. You're struggling in the half court and now you're giving up second chances and you look up and there's five minutes left. You're down six. And it's like, what happened? <laughs> How do you think they've kept the continuity? Because, you know, we keep hearing like, hey, you know, it's Fisher to Dutcher. It's the same exact system. I mean, they did lose Hudson who's a great defensive coordinator. Like, that's what I'm amazed with is that they lost Hudson, they lost Fisher, and their D is as good or better than it's ever been. How do you do that? Well, I think you got a type. When you have a prototype player-wise, when you're able to continue that kind of system with the same types of players, whether it's size or length, you can kind of build on the same habits that you've already established. You know, when you take a left turn, and maybe you're a run-and-gun team and you don't have the shooters, you don't have the playmakers, it's hard to replicate that all the time. But if you have a base defensively and you're able to find that same kind of talent, you, you'll generally be okay in the long run. Yeah, and it also it makes everything easy when you seem to choose all the right transfers, like the majority of them work out, which isn't always the case. Definitely isn't. But when you can find the talent, you know the guys that will work there and they obviously want to come. It's a, it's a heck of a marriage. I wonder if, if either one of these guys is going to make the NBA. Matt Mitchell's. He's lost weight, so he's probably six six two forty now. And then uh, I don't know how much you've seen Shackle, but uh, he's gone from you know spot up guy from three. He can shoot a little, you know he can shoot a little more inside the arc. But they're both six 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 seven. And they've got the size and the length. It's just more of the versatility. When you talk about getting to that next level, um, it's hard to just be a specialist unless you're a knockdown shooter or a tremendous defender. So you got to have uh, enough well rounded game on both ends to be able to puncture that next level. All right, guys, sit tight. Steve Jones and Curtis Terry with us, the former running Rebel players. Steve was actually at Arizona State for a couple of years when James Harden was there. So I want to talk about Steve Jones and his knowledge of James Harden as a player on the floor and off. Golden Knights games and 77-cent Bud Light bottles. Silver 7's Hotel and Casino has you hooked up. This spring, get in the game and earn cash for betting sports with the William Hill Nevada Mobile Sports app on your phone or tablet. During William Hill Spring Rewards, earn up to $500 cash back. Between now and April 30th, you'll be eligible for cash back points for every wager made, win or lose on the William Hill Nevada Mobile Sports app. You'll also earn bonus cash back for teasers and parlay card wagers made on the app. To enroll in Spring Rewards and see participating locations, visit WilliamHill.us. That's WilliamHill.us. It's time for some straight talk. Your tax return could look different this year, but you're still going to hear a lot of noise about how to spend it. So when the big carriers tell you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With Straight Talk, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense and tune into Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. Are you in debt? Flat Fee Attorneys can help you regain your life. With their bankruptcy professionals, they can help you recover and get back on track financially. Call today for your free consultation, 702-388-3528. Affordable, reliable, and experienced attorneys are standing by ready to help. What are you waiting for? Get control of your life by starting with your free consultation today. Flat Fee Attorneys, 702-388-3528. 
That's 702-388-3528. It's JT the Brick, proud to tell you about a new partner, Bell Solar, an amazing company that you can trust, and they're now hiring motivated sales professionals. The solar industry is booming, and the income potential is huge. Bell Solar is hands down the best solar company to work for, and they pay the best. They're rated among the top three electrical contractors in the state, now hiring sales professionals. No experience necessary. Call Bell Solar at 702-979-1277. 702-979-1277. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. Back here on a Thursday, Silver 7s is the site. We're having a great conversation with former UNLV player Steve Jones and Curtis Terry. Steve actually started his college basketball career at Arizona State, and James Harden was on the team. So you know him pretty well, Steve. What was he like as a young guy, and could you see what he's turned into now? I could not see this James Harden in college, and I think almost anyone who was there his freshman year would tell you if you had said this was going to happen, we would have laughed you out the room. Not because he couldn't play, not that he wouldn't make the league, but we didn't see this guy being uh, existing. You know, he, he has the ability to score, shoot, play make, and he's added something to his game every single year. Um, you know, it used to be when he came into the league, hey, let's force him right. You can't force him right anymore. He's going to drive right. He's going to make a play. So it's incredibly tough to deal with a guy who can control the game can step back and shoot a three right over you, can beat you, read the defense, and make a play. He's just got that three-level game where I can score on my own, I can play and pick and roll, I can read the defense and make the right play and skip once you give me attention. And he's in an environment where in Houston, he had to carry a lot of the load. He was scoring a lot. While he was creating plays, it was all based on him. Here in Brooklyn, things have opened up, and Katie's not even been back during this stretch where he's played well. But they have shooters. They have guys who can cut. They have rollers. So he's able to really just pick things apart and pick and choose, which is why I think this is the most complete James Harden we've seen uh, in his career. I mean, I'm 100% on board with that. I'm, I've been a fan of James Harden. I think it's, it's well known that I, I like his game. But I think it's it's unfair that people used to say when he was with the Rockets that he was a ball hog, that he didn't pass, that he was only looking to get his shot. Well, if you look at the rosters that he had with him, he who was he supposed to really pass to that was going to be able to create something? Obviously, when Chris Paul came, he had somebody that could create their own shot as well. But James Harden, I think, is just a prototypical basketball player. Now, he can score with the best of them. Defense, eh. But again, guys in the league aren't really defenders unless that's your kind of your, your staple, your job title. But then a playmaker, he's going to make the right play, whether it's him, whether it's coming off the pick and roll, drawing defense, kicking the open shooters. James Harden is going to make winning basketball plays. In the past, he just hasn't had enough guys on his team that were able to complete those winning basketball plays. And now when you put him with the likes of Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, he's got so many weapons around him. The best offense, and and like Kyrie talked about, is letting James have the ball, let him make the plays and be the focal point, because then what do you do off of those covers? If you leave him, he'll score. But if you converge, then you kick it and let someone else do their thing, and that's when I think they're the most deadliest. Steve Jones with us. Curtis Terry. Steve was at Arizona State for a couple of years, and you know, I'm sure James Harden has uh, changed from a personality standpoint. You know, that was a little while ago. Not to say you're old, Steve, but um, from a person from a personality standpoint, what what is he like? Because I've never really gotten a good read on what he's like off the floor, what he's like during the game. Well, what is James Harden like personality wise? He's a great guy. That's the most underrated thing that no one really knows about. He's a great guy. He loves his teammates. He wants to win. He's going to make jokes in the locker room. He's going to compete and get after you, but he's going to care about how you're doing. If you're struggling, he'll put your he'll put his arm around you. So he's very underrated in that aspect. He's a great teammate, and he's the – I mean, he's changed, but he's the same guy. Like, I'll, I'll share this. I remember I played with him, and then I was in the NBA, and we ended up playing Houston, and everyone was on me because I played with him. Be like, oh, James not going to say what's up to you. And James said, what's up to me? Like, we were just right in the locker room. And I was like, this is the same guy. And his mom was right there. I was like, this is the same guy that I played with. And I was like, man, that's when I was like, dang, not only is he great, but he, like, he's literally him. He's like authentic to the core. I'll put it that way. I think that's a great point. We can, I've, and I've talked about this before. When my brother Jason, when Jason played with the Houston Rockets for two seasons, I had the opportunity to go down there and spend some time uh, with Jet and also got to interact with James. 
And James is a ball player. He's going to come. He's going to hoop regardless. He likes to have fun and go out. But what kid doesn't, especially when you got that kind of money? And I think it's funny that someone said uh, when the whole thing with him leaving the Rockets and he wanted to force a trade, somebody said, well, I mean, there's James hard rules. Like if you got two days off, James is going to leave, fly to Vegas, party, come back. And there'll be different rules, but he's also going to come in and drop a 50 point triple double. <laughs> the kid likes to have fun. He likes to play the game, but he likes to enjoy his life. And like, like Steve Jones, like you mentioned, he is just to the core himself. The only difference is now he's got a fresh beard with a little bit of length. He grew into it. So, guys, let's talk about Kevin Kruger. You know, his potential down the road. He's an assistant right now. He's an elite recruiter. Steve, talk about Kevin's qualities in terms of being a head coach. And I wonder how soon. You know, someone is going to pluck him. You know, I was thinking a couple of weeks ago when the, the rumors were out there about T.J. Otzelberger being linked to Iowa State, and we'll see what happens with Steve Prom. I was like, I don't know. You know, maybe they could go for one of the assistants instead of T.J. And not, nothing against T.J., but that's a big jump. But Kevin Kruger, right to the Big 12. I, I, someone is going to jump at Kevin at some point. Oh, yeah, they should. I mean, Kev is a head coach as long as he wants to be. He has that potential, and he's always had that mind for the game. You know, being able to play against him my freshman year in Arizona State, I got a whole master's in defense <laughs> as far as off the ball because I thought I was doing a great job. Then he'd cut and make a noise to let me know I did not do a good job, and then he'd make a shot. So he's got an incredible mind for the game. He's got a passion for the game. He has the ability to communicate and relate to players, and not just on an X's and O's level, but he understands how to develop actual talent on the ball, get your moves, how to get open. Um, so there's no surprise uh, as Kev rises up the ranks why he's doing it. Um, he's one of the more incredible minds basketball-wise that I've known. So it's it's easy to see why he's doing it. It was just a question of did he want to do it. <laughs> so that's that that was my biggest thing. Um, and so keep your keep your eyes on him because he's gonna do big things. I know that. That is, that's always been the question, though, right? Is Does Kev want to coach? Does he want to be like his dad and follow in those footsteps? Everybody knew it was going to happen eventually. Could he be a fool not to do it because he naturally just has that fit? But I remember our times. We were at 9093, right down the road here uh, off, off Bermuda, and we were living over there. And, and Kev was Kev's the same guy now as Kev was then. Kev has always been laid back. And a lot of people say, well, Kevin doesn't quite have the personality. I'm like, you guys are fools if you think Kev doesn't have personality. He's just laid back. He plays it close to the vest. Uh, but he's about his business. He always has been, even when he was playing uh, to now. He likes he finds times to have fun. And it's it's just his his ways of having fun um, and being unique. But when Kevin is working, whether he was working out to get ready for his seasons to play or if he's doing his scouts right now, he's locked in 100 percent business. And I think it's just a matter of time before he gets a head job. Uh, obviously, selfishly, if I mean, if UNLV ever opened up down the line, hopefully we have TJ for a while. I hope Kevin would get a shot at it. I think he's the right guy that would kind of fit here. Uh, but whoever does eventually pluck Kevin away is, is going to get, I mean, a gem in waiting because he's definitely got future, uh, future head coach and success written all across him. Actually, that's funny because I, I just that brought me back to a time when we were all together and y'all decided to just throw all the UNLV DVDs, all the old games in from y'all's run that I hadn't had yet. And Kev would just literally lock in on about four or five things real quick that was about to happen or it had happened. It was just nonchalantly. And I was like, man, he sees the game differently. How do I get there? So I figured I'd add that to it. And also the pain that caused me. (laughs) (laughs) It was a motivational tool. That's what it was. (laughs) Curtis, let's bounce around the NBA and get uh, Steve Jones' take on on a bunch of different teams. Uh, Where do you want to start? You want to start with uh, the Sixers? Yeah, let's start in the East. Me and and Steve had a good conversation about the Sixers the other day. I mean, but what is it with Joel Embiid, with Ben Simmons, who I'm still going to take shots at until he can knock down a consistent jump shot, and Doc Rivers? What is it that makes them so successful now compared to what they had before uh, the years past? Well, I mean, the roster makes more sense, but those two guys in particular are have developed their games and have made improvements. Joel Embiid is able to make the mid-range jump shot consistently. You know, he's a tough threat with the pull-up. You post him up, now he's facing up Jab and Jay. You know, that's crazy stuff from a big guy like that. So he has the ability to drive. He can pop when he needs to. He can post when he needs to. He can pull up when he needs to. That's tough to guard. And his, obviously, defensive contributions make him tougher. Ben Simmons is taking a step. Now, you talk about his jump shot. I can't defend that, and I won't defend that. So I'm going to pass through it. What I will say, he's making an adjustment as far as teams like to play off of him because he can't shoot. 
he's taking that space and saying, okay, that's great. I'm coming right to where you are. I'm going to post up and get to a jump hook, or I'm just going to hit you and then finish over you. And that's what's going to make him a threat as opposed to before where, hey, we can play off Ben. He's not going to want to drive. He don't want to go to the free throw line, all those good things. No, he's making himself a threat and scoring the ball. You add the shooters they have, the length they have, Tobias Harris playing well, and their size defensively. It's a pretty great package overall. Now, when you look at that versus the Nets, uh, versus the Bucks, who do you think stacks up and really has a, a shot to come out of the East and really has a full team to put it together? Those are the top three to me. I would probably say out of those three, Brooklyn right now, if they can hold it together enough defensively, uh, then I'd say Philly just because they have the package on both ends. Obviously, there's they could stagnate offensively, which would cause issues. Uh, and then I put Milwaukee third just because of the ceiling is lower, even if they're can be more consistent. I think their ceiling is lower than the other two teams. Interesting. So now when you when you move out west, obviously the Lakers has been well documented in terms of Anthony Davis. LeBron just finally rested for his first game last night. Do you think they have what it takes to repeat, even though it's it's a, more of a regular season as opposed to when they were in, in Orlando for the bubble? But what do you see with the Lakers and what they have with the health injuries and, and what they've been going through? For me, the Lakers have still shown enough to show that they can repeat as champions. Uh, they have LeBron and they have Anthony Davis, who is the style bender anything you can throw at them to throw them off, you're going to have to answer to Anthony Davis. And it's tough. You know, he's a guy who can post up. He's a guy who can isolate, drive your bigs, pick and pop, pick and roll. So teams have a tough time adjusting to that. And they have a defense that we know can carry them through the playoffs. Uh, as far as with Anthony Davis, with LeBron on the weak side, now you got Marcus Gasol. That's a hell of a trio defensively uh, that people are underrating but we know they can get after it defensively. So I think with that package, with their knowledge, with their championship experience, that's a team who knows what they have to do in the playoffs and are probably better built for a playoff series than the slog of a regular season uh, because of how they can lock into matchups, how they can lock into small lineups, big lineups, be versatile in that way. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, if the Lakers can survive the regular season to thrive in the play- in the playoffs. I completely agree. I think it's about LeBron and them. If it, and it's kind of always been LeBron's mantra: just get me to the playoffs and I'll take over. I'll do the rest. Because in a four in a seven game series, he's nine times out of ten going to get his team those four wins before the other team gets four wins. Now, when you have an upstart team like Phoenix, though, that added Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but then you've also got the Utah Jazz who've gone on a, a heck of a run until last night. Uh, what do you see with those teams and being able to to? contend with the Lakers for that Western Conference that title and overall NBA championship? Well, Utah has been incredible this year, um, and so they're going to be something to deal with uh, as far as what they've done offensively. Anytime you're in rotation or you're helping on what they do, they're going to find the open man and get to a three-point shot. Their three-point shooting has been incredible, and it's not so much like the Houston Rockets of recent years. It's almost Spurs-esque in how they play the game and move the ball and attack you. Uh, so they're going to be tough to deal with, um, and it's going to be interesting to see if they can hold that number one spot because there's not a team that needs it more than them to make the L.A. teams face each other. As far as Phoenix, they're quietly a very good two-way team. You have Chris Paul, who we know what he can do. You have Devin Booker, who's taking those right steps. And then you have a, a lineup that can play both ends. When you have DeAndre Ayton, uh, you have Bridges playing well, you have Jay Crowder. So now you can space the floor. you got a roller. You have two guys who can finish plays. You can switch defensively. You can be active defensively. So they've put together a profile that's going to make them difficult to deal with in the playoffs. And I think Steve Cofield, I mean, the interesting thing that, that, that Steve Jones pointed out there was the number one seed for the Jazz is important, so that way they don't have to face – the L.A. teams twice, make them face each other on the other side of that bracket, pick each other off so that we only have to face one of them down the line. I think that's interesting. I don't know if a lot of people understand why that number one seed is so important to specifically the Utah Jazz. I'll give you one other factor, and I started talking about this a couple weeks ago. L.A. ain't going to be opening up. Like, it's going to open up real slow. And come May in the playoffs, I don't know if there's going to be any fans at Staples in Utah. Oh, there's going to be fans. Like, they're upward. (laughs) No, they already got like 4,000 in the building. By May, they might have 10, 11, 12,000. I mean, that's, I know, you know, it's happened in the past where even LeBron got it done, not having home court. But, I mean, that's a big difference. Going on the road is one thing in winning, but going on the road versus home, like when you have zero fans at home or hundreds versus 10,000, am I overplaying that, Steve? No, that's interesting. 
and and I think that plays is going to play a big part, especially you see more teams adding fans to their resume. Utah's been there already, so they're just going to increase their capacity. So that's an interesting point that I hadn't really thought of. I like it. Uh, before we wrap, Curtis, let's ask Steve what he's doing now. Like, what are you doing yourself, Steve? I see you up on Twitter. You're you know you're breaking down film. You're really into the NBA. You're really into basketball. What's your big focus now? Uh, tweeting and being a dad and a husband. <laughs> Pretty good. It. It's what I do. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, nothing cool about Steve. That's been like that way for years. So, <laughs> well, I think that's that's the cool stuff about Steve. Don't let him fool you guys. Yeah. Being a dad, being a dad, and being on Twitter is, is is highlights, and he makes all of us enjoy it. That's cool. You guys are both dads, so hey, that's a job, right, guys? Oh, full time, hundred percent. Yes, not not as much compared to the wives, though. They're the ones who really they're the captains. There are Lebrons. They're they're the they're the MVPs. Yeah, you, no, can see, you can see we're well coached. There's, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There's, there's no debate on that one. All right, Steve, we want to catch up with you more often, especially uh, you know as the NBA starts to move towards the playoffs. Your, your stuff is great. Curtis, I appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys. This is great. And uh, Steve, tell people up on Twitter where they can follow you. Uh, at Steve Jones 20. Give it a follow. I'm here for you. Yeah, he is. He's here for, he's here for you. All right, guys, thank you so much. This was great. No problem. Thanks, Steve. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. This traffic report is brought to you by the Valley Auto Mall with the largest selection of new, pre-owned, and used vehicles in Nevada. Accident on the 15 northbound. That's after Flamingo. Also on the surface street showing an accident in Sahara Avenue just east of Paradise. Overnight lows tonight in the 40s. This traffic report is brought to you by the Valley Auto Mall with the largest selection of new, pre-owned, and used vehicles in Nevada. Shaquille Oatmeal 34 wrote on Twitter, The Valley Auto Mall has over 7,000 new and used vehicles. It's a hashtag slam dunk. Shop online at valleyautomall.com. Cofield here. Important question. Has your performance dropped off in the bedroom? I've got the guy who can help you. Andrew Reinhardt is with us from Boost Medical Clinic. He's got technology like no one else in Las Vegas. Tell us about this acoustic wave therapy. Well, this technology opens up and regrows blood vessels. That's the thing to remember. Erectile dysfunction is a blood flow problem. And for the first time in 30 years, we're finally treating that blood flow. So you don't have to take the pill anymore. We get guys back to normal and natural spontaneity in the bedroom like it was in your younger years. So most important thing, folks want results. What kind of results are you seeing? We have treated thousands of men all over the country from age 20 to age 90. Even Cambridge studied this technology and said it has a very high success rate. And I'll tell you, we see that success every day in the clinic. Las Vegas listeners, we've got a special offer here. Andrew's going to tell you about it. This is a great special offer just for our listeners here in Vegas. Yes, if you are struggling with erectile dysfunction and sick of the pills, call Boost Medical Clinic right now. We will do the initial assessment, exam, even the blood flow ultrasound with our doctor, totally free. Plus, we're going to give you a little special gift. You'll really love this. It produces instant results in the bedroom. It's free to everybody that calls now. You heard it. Make the call. Don't wait any longer. Boost Medical Clinic at 702-510-5000. Boost Medical Clinic. Call them now. 702-710-5000. What's in store this week at your local Staples? Big deals on paper that are kind of a big deal. That's because Staples has just reduced their everyday prices on true red paper. And so right now, a ream of Staples true red copy paper is only $3.99 every single day. Just $3.99 for a ream of True Red copy paper makes every day a great day to save at Staples. Shop in-store or pick up curbside and save big with everyday low prices on paper at Staples. Limit 3. Curbside available at most stores. At PT's Taverns, we're giving you the chance to take your shot at winning an Apple Watch every day in March. Simply stop in and play with your True Rewards card at any PT's location to enter. Every 100 base points earns you one entry into our drawing at the end of the month. You can also score 50% off drinks during our happy hour from 5 to 7 p.m. and midnight to 2 a.m. every day. With 60-plus taverns, there's always a location near you. For more information or to find your closest tavern, visit ptstaverns.com. This sports update is brought to you by William Hill. For all your betting needs, William Hill has you covered. They even have live in-play wagering. For all the details, visit williamhill.us. Golden State Warriors are set to play the Phoenix Suns tonight, but it looks like Stephen Curry and Draymond Green both will not be playing as they did not travel to Phoenix. Also in NFL news, Ben Roethlisberger officially re-signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers for the 2021 NFL season. 
hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s. It's Cofield and Company. It's time for our weekly draft spot every single Thursday up until the draft. Our path to the draft will include a convo with Austin Gale, Pro Football Focus. Adam Hill is here at Steve Cofield. Austin, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, man. How about yourself? Good. All right. Last week, we kind of skimmed the surface, some of the big names around the NFL draft. It's kind of, you know, it's more than kind of time uh, to go deep divey, right? Uh, Raiders have some needs on the offensive line. I want to talk interior offensive line in the NFL draft. First of all, let's get to the big story here. Your thoughts on Gabe Jackson going bye-bye for the Raiders. Very good player, very reliable player. They're going to save about $9.6 million under the cap. Was that a good move? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they had to make some moves to clear some cap space. And anytime you're in a position to you know, move on from a veteran like Gabe Jackson, who has not admittedly played like a top 10 at his position guard, and, and do zero dead money, that's the biggest thing. They say, what, $9.6, $9.4 million and take on zero dollars in dead cap. I think that was the decision they had to make, especially if they're going to keep Trent Brown on the books. I think those are very heavily connected, especially if they're going to keep Richie Incognito on the books, another guy who's you've got a decent cap in 2021. I do think that they had to make a decision along the opposite line. Getting younger, getting cheaper along the opposite line should be a move for them because not too long ago, they made Trent Brown the highest paid offensive tackle in the NFL. And now they're dealing with that cap situation and trying to ramify that. Can the Raiders get help in the draft at guard, the guard position in general in this draft. Deep class, are there some highly ranked guys? Is there help in this draft? Yeah, there's always, I mean, there's hope in every draft with interior offensive line. I wouldn't necessarily call it a deep interior offensive line class. I think there is some talent. I don't think there's guys that I would call plug and play after maybe Landon Dickerson of Alabama, who he himself, as good as he's been, is coming off a pretty significant injury. And then also Elijah Vera Tucker of USC, a guy that played offensive tackle at USC, but that would be a standout guard in the NFL, likely projects as a guard at the next level. Another guy that could be a tackle guard convert, but you probably don't want to do it, is Tevin Jenkins of Oklahoma State. That's if you're considering taking one in the first round. However, going to day two, guys like Michigan's Jalen Mayfield, a tackle guard convert potentially could be an option for them on day two. I like Creed Humphrey. Recently talked to him on my podcast, the guy who's lunch pale tight, born and raised Oklahoma, Oklahoma born and raised, and a guy that I really do think could be really successful early on. Also a really, really talented wrestler, and you see that in his game. He's a guy that I think could play center, though. So you are trying to look for guards here, Wyatt Davis of Ohio State. You could probably get him at lower value because he was coveted as the best guard in this class until this past season where you saw his play type of kind of dip. But it's hard to judge how much of you know, COVID-19 and that impact on Ohio State season really had on him. I think every year, investing in interior offensive line on day two, day three, or high day three, is usually a positive return on investment because those positions don't normally go super high in the draft. They're not you know, as needed to be legitimate, rare athletes. You can get good players at the position, starter caliber players, that aren't easily identified as high-end athletes. So I do think that day two, day three, it would be smart for the Raiders to invest in the interior offensive line. So many directions to go there, a lot of great information. But uh, I want to go back real quick. Uh, you know, you mentioned getting rid of Gabe Jackson, and hey, that's something you might have to do if you're keeping Trent Brown around and, and on the books. Should they be keeping Trent Brown around and on the books? I honestly think they ultimately move on from Trent Brown. I think some of the comments that Mike Mayock said about the jury being out, I think, are valid. I mean, you're going to pay him over $14 million next year to be an average to above-average right tackle when you could probably get better at the position by getting younger and having a cost-controlled starting caliber offensive tackle up there on the right side. You know, you know, people bring up Raiders' draft history over the past three or four years, and it's obviously been pretty brutal. But Colton Miller, as big of a reach as it was at the time, has been one of their more successful picks, not because he's been top ten, top five at his position, but because he's been an average to above-average tackle on a rookie contract. You know, you, it is a cheat code to have a quarterback, offensive tackle, or pass rusher playing at an average to above-average level on a rookie deal because those guys make a ton of money when you got to sign them. And you don't have to tell the Raiders that. They made Trent Brown the highest paid offensive tackle in the NFL, and he is not even at Colton Miller's level. So I do think that the Raiders would be smart to find a trade partner. I think a team that makes a ton of sense are the Baltimore Ravens. If Orlando Brown Jr., they call his bluff, they trade him away because he wants to play left tackle, Trent Brown is a perfect fit for that offense, a really good tackle that would fit in really easily. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of good workout videos of Trent Brown on Instagram, so he is a hard worker. No, I, I agree. I think he is a hard worker. I think Trent Brown is you know, a very talented player. I, I just don't think he's worth all the money that you're going to pay him to come and play for your team this year, especially when they have so many holes elsewhere. 
know, that entire defense could use an upgrade. I think they need to use that cap space elsewhere and potentially get younger at the position, especially if this draft is loaded with offensive tackle talent. You'll look at PFF's draft board. Eight offensive tackles ranked inside the top 40 on PFF's draft board. You can get really good at the position in the draft and get a lot cheaper at the position. And then saving the $14 million plus on Trent Brown, maybe you can help out that secondary. Maybe you can help out the league's worst pass rush over the past three years because I think that's where they need the most help. So you mentioned a couple of guys uh, in terms of, you know, potential interior offensive line help. Uh, And a couple of them, a couple of the guys at the top of the board, project as either a guard or a tackle and maybe saw saw them play some tackle in college, uh, but they project more as a guard in the NFL. How much does that decision, like, you know, we, we project these guys and say, okay, that guy's going to be a guard or that guy's going to be a tackle at the next level. How much does that decision kind of impact their success in the league? And, and do, we, do we sometimes pigeonhole guys too much at this point of their career? Oh, it's massive. It's everything. I do think that if you have any idea or if you have any percentage chance in your head or in your scouting report that a guy can be a good average to above average offensive tackle in the NFL, you play him at tackle. That's huh. full stop. Like if, but if you don't think due to measurables, due to athleticism, traits, whatever it may be, that he could ever get to that level, and he more quickly can get to being an elite guard in the NFL, I think you kick him inside. You never do it first. You know, if you feel like he can be a very capable offensive tackle, then you draft him to play offensive tackle. You never kick good tackle prospects inside. Who you kick inside are guys that you don't feel like will ever get to that level. Obviously, there's some assumption, some projection, but that's your job in the NFL. Elijah Bear Tucker was like a very talented offensive tackle at USC. He largely projects as a guard. The decision to play him at guard will be an interesting one. We'll see what teams do. Austin Gale, pro football focus. Follow him at PFF underscore uh, Austin Gale. So, uh, I mean, that, that is where I was going to go with, uh, with Elijah Vera Tucker. He, he did kick out and play tackle pretty well. So do you think that teams are going to want to look at him there first? Yeah, I think a lot of teams, there are going to be some teams that exclusively view him as a guard and some teams that are willing to at least try him at offensive tackle and later kick him inside the guard because it's way easier to You'll play a, pot- a potential guard convert at tackle first, verify that, and kick him inside than it is to do vice versa. Putting a player in the NFL right out of college and playing guard and then asking him to play tackle can be very, very difficult. You rarely see that have success in the NFL. I think there will be some teams that try him at tackle, depending if he has an area to the field. But, again, if a team drafts him that already has capable starting offensive tackles, he's likely going to play guard out of the gate. The, you know... We mentioned teams don't, you know, are often hesitant to take a guard uh, in the first round or with an early draft pick uh, because of what you said. The the position of tackle is so important. Teams tend to go in that uh, in that direction. Uh, is it a mistake to take a guard too soon in the draft? I mean, if they're really good, that's probably a position that is very helpful for you to to build around. I wouldn't outwardly call it a mistake. I would say it's a misuse of resource because interior offensive linemen or the the third lowest paid position on the open market. You know, you, you can get interior offensive linemen cheaper than you can get tackles, receivers, corners, safeties, linebackers, all of that. And when you're using a first-round pick, which is a cost-controlled selection, every single pick, regardless of position, gets paid the same contract. You have to, you have to use that. It's like the analogy I use is say your mom gave you a lottery ticket or a raffle ticket to go buy a car. You can buy a Mercedes or you can buy, you know, a Hot Wheels car. You know, spending a first-round pick on a player that doesn't make a lot of money on his second contract is like buying a Hot Wheels car. It's this whole discussion around positional value. Running back, strong safeties, interior offensive line, they don't make a lot of money. You draft a running back inside the top five with a top five pick. He's instantly the fifth highest paid player at his position. You draft a quarterback inside the top five, he ranks outside the top 30. That's how positional value is largely constructed where the NFL currently sees the market value of those positions. Let's talk a little more about uh, the centers in this draft in a second. But were you surprised by the Texans saying uh, goodbye to their center who had played excellently over 62 games, I think it was. He had allowed like five total sacks. Uh, last year was like 969 plays, one sack. He was making like eight mil a year. Uh, what's the center position look like right now in terms of free agency, and how does that play to the draft? Yeah, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a decision the Houston Texans have made in the last 18 months that wouldn't surprise you. And Nick Martin is definitely a part of that. I think the center class is good. Landon Dickerson is the guy that stands out to me, the Alabama tackle who, uh, or no, Alabama interior offensive lineman that transferred from Florida State, suffered a season-ending injury this past year, but still played some good football for Bama. And then Creed Humphrey of Oklahoma is the other 
center that I feel really good about. The other, the Grambling State kid, the guy who went down to the Senior Bowl, and then Quinn Miners, too, of uh, Wisconsin-Whitewater, two small school guys that perform really well at the Senior Bowl. If you're looking for day three values, I feel like those two players are another one to look out for. Uh, Rodney Hudson, I mean, he's going to be around for the next couple of years. He'll be 33 when these next two years are up. These are his big money years. Will the Raiders be smart to take someone later in the draft, or you just don't do that with you know a center need two years out? No, I think you're fine to do that if the value meets the board. I mean, and when you're on day three, you're looking for value. You're looking for players that you value very highly, but not necessarily, you know, maybe have fallen for whatever reason. I think once you get to day three, you don't necessarily have to think about positional need. You're looking for very good football players. And, every, and I think I say this all the time. Free agency is for need. The draft is for value. You're looking for talent. You're looking for valuable players regardless of position. I don't care if you don't need a center. If he's very good, Two years from now, you don't know what you're going to need. You could be cutting Nick Martin. You know, like look at the Houston Texans. You don't yeah. need a center until you do. And I think drafting for value is always important, regardless of the draft position. Get up to pff.com. Sign up for one of these great subscriptions. There uh, generally is a sale on them. It's uh, tremendous. The NFL draft content is just crazy. What do you got cooking right now, Austin? Up on the site. Yeah, pff.com. Check out our NFL draft board, our NFL draft guide. We have a lot of good content on the draft, and then also. Free agency is right around the corner. We're doing a lot of free agency work with our free agency board as well. Definitely go to pff.com and check it out. Austin, thank you. There he is, Austin Gale. He's gone. He's gone. He's out. He had a hard out at 56. He's Who's out. The guy? He's out. Are you starting to, now that Gabe Jackson, and we'll get into you know, your opinion on Gabe Jackson and what you've heard, now that Jackson is gone, Brown could be gone, are you now starting to rethink your mock drafts? Oh, sure. But, I mean, it also depends what are they going to do in free agency. Like, are, Is there guys that they're going to go out and try to target there? So that's where it really starts to change when you see what guys do uh, those first couple of days of free agency in particular. Uh, but, yeah, I think they're going to have to invest on the offensive line. They tried last year a little bit. I mean, they invested one of the picks in John Simpson. They knew he was a project, and he played like a project. Like there was plays where you looked and said, hey, this guy is going to be really good, especially in the run game. He had some really nice snaps and some good reps. But – Really wasn't consistent, and in the past game was uh, at times a bit of a disaster. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of a lot of it depends on what they think of him. Can Do they think he can take a big step forward? Uh, what are they going to do uh, to try to address that in free agency? And, and we'll find out. More on Gabe Jackson and the release. Football frenzy's on the way. And for Steeler fans, Big Ben's back in the fold. I guess you should be happy. Anytime the Golden Knights are on TV, watch the game at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s and grab your 77-cent Bud Light bottles.